Kinney. We are back for another episode. Looking at Jacob again. I was thinking that um, usually we normally open um, in prayer, but we don't we don't have it on the um, on the podcast. But I thought that um, maybe we could start sharing um, our prayer time prior to. So, do you want to open us in prayer? Sure. Uh, Lord. Uh- Thank you for giving us this time again to look at your word and the uh, friendship and fellowship you've given us to uh, do this kind of thing together, and that's a gift, too. And um, I pray, Lord, that your word works in our hearts and our minds, uh, shaping us, conforming us, teaching us, rebuking us. Uh, it's living and active and I pray that it um, it works in our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for your grace that's on us every day, that we don't deserve to even handle your word. It's the grace of Christ and what he did for us on the cross that enables us to live and to see and to hear and to have a relationship with you. So I thank you, Jesus, for... Um, saving us and let let this time be uh, honoring to you and forgive us when we don't have things right <clears throat> uh, most of all <clears throat> teach us your will through it. In Jesus name amen. amen so last time we talked a good bit about um, you know well we the whole time we spent on Jacob I feel like that, um, you know, the two of us are very um, passionate about defending his character. Um, not to say that he was sinless or perfect, but we spent a good a good amount of time trying to show that he was dedicated and um, focused um, as far as uh, you know pursuing the right things while he was um, under Laban. Yeah, <clears throat> um, I actually heard for the first time somebody use Jacob's life as a uh, uh, picture of what it is to be a man this weekend. It's pretty, <clears throat> pretty nice. He must not know me, I guess. So he had to go with Jacob. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't. I mean, he he thought about titling Brian, you know, as a man, but that would have been a very short sermon. <laughs> this is true. Because you only all you need to do is show a picture of me done. Um, and I think that the important thing uh, to really point out is what you said again about it's not that Jacob was righteous in himself, or you know through his actions that he was righteous, or um, that he was without sin. I mean, he was just as sinful as any man born on the earth, and. Uh, and he is saved through the same grace of God that doesn't destroy him through through serving Christ and, and what Christ did for him. Um, he's righteous because of what Christ did in the same way that Abraham was righteous. It, it comes from the Lord. But, you know, I mean, the big thing is, is that is, is every aspect that we're given in his life to show us that if God can save Jacob, he can he can definitely save you. Um, I think we miss a lot of a lot of treasures in the scripture when we look at it strictly that way, and 
you know, as, as you know, Brian, when you sit down at a Bible study, most of the time, that's all guys want to talk about. And that's really kind of why uh, we probably have come about wanting to do this about Jacob's life. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, our goal, we always put up out front with the podcast is to make sure that people know that they can go to the scriptures, ask God to reveal it to them and study them. And if they faithfully seek, he's going to reveal it. And what's so interesting about these characters, as we've mentioned before, is that I think that Satan wants us to drag them through the mud. But the truth of the matter is, I almost feel like there is a time and place for saying, hey, if God can save this person, he can save me. I mean, Paul's life is an example of that. But God can, it it almost kind of, in my opinion, kind of... um, brings God down to a lower level. God can save whoever he wants. He doesn't have to give us an example. It, and, and in God's eyes, we're all sinners until he puts on the righteousness that's credited to us through Jesus Christ. And if we, you know, we look at one being worse than the other. And what's so interesting about that is that David is often, often held to a really high standard. Um, and he's, he's, I don't hear his character run through the mud very much. Um, Yet he he uh, he's an example of he's got an example of like every sin um, being committed. Um, so, anyways, I don't want to go off on a on a tangent on that, but I think it's important for us to realize that um, until we're saved because of the power of Jesus, um, we're all we're all going um, to be separated from God, regardless of whether we, you know. Uh, did some massive amount of sins, or, I mean, a sin is a sin, and it, its power is is, uh, is pretty mighty until compared to the power of, of God. Right, so we, uh, you know, we, we recognize that um, they're, they're, Jacob's a man, so his sin obviously comes through in his life, just like with, with any of uh, the men in the Bible, and the Bible is very uh, honest about. I mean, obviously, uh, the the, the Bible is very upfront about the sin of the men that wrote the scriptures down and stuff because they were men, and it was never supposed to be about them. Um, and so, therefore, we just look. We're, we're looking at these scriptures, and we want to see what you know what what God is telling us through it. Um, what what we can learn in it and what we can learn about Jacob's life because he becomes Israel and that's a big deal. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'd like to start um, this part two in the Jacob uh, study with uh, when Jacob is preparing to meet Esau. Um, and I think we got into a little bit of this t- last time, but I was really impacted um, when I was studying since then, um, in chapter 32, verse 9, Jacob's praying to God. Um, and I actually think it's a really great prayer considering the position that he's in. Um, he's left the land um, that he was with Laban, and he's um, heading back to his um, own country where his relatives are, where he fled, you know, um, before from Esau. And he knows that he's going to meet Esau. And um, just before this, some angels of God meet him in verse 1. And um, 
and he praises and said, you know, this is the camp of God. And he gives it the name Mahanaim. And then he prays this prayer um, once messengers return to him uh, to tell him that Esau's coming to meet him. And he says, O God of my father, this is verse 9, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper, and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. And I thought in this verse, like in verse 10, when he says, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. We see, we see his humility. Um, but he also honors and praises God for what he's given him, and he gives him the glory um, for all that he's um, been given. And then he asks for God's protection. So, um, I don't know, I, just, I, I think it's a really interesting moment in prayer for what Jacob is asking for um, as he's preparing to meet his brother. And he's still heading that way. Um, like God asked him to do and um, you know and then we're going to get to this point where he wrestles so it's just kind of a I don't know it jumped out at me as I was looking at it this week yeah I think that's a, a really cool spot um, and you what you pointed out there how he talks about that he's unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness that uh, God has shown him that's really the, the, I mean, he, he's referring to the grace of God. If we put the grace into context, you know, any any uh, faithfulness and kindness that, that God has shown uh, men in the grace they've given him have, have been all about bringing the glory to God. And that glory to God uh, is, is through Christ, you know, in, in serving Jesus. And we know that this is all leading towards uh the coming of christ too um so i mean i guess my point is is i see i see jacob acknowledging the grace of god on his life just like we acknowledge the grace of god through christ and then uh and then w the last part you read there was uh he says but you have said i will surely make you prosper um and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted so he He's also trusting in the Word of God. I mean, he's he's heading towards this moment where he where he's meeting his brother, and he's he's quoting the Word of God, um, you know, into the situation. Does that make? I mean, yeah, that's 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 awesome. So he recognizes God's faithfulness in His Word, and and just like us, it's like, I mean, what. If if we were honest about it, we we probably I mean my prayer life, um, you know, flat out sucks sometimes, and you know I don't I, I don't know if it's my laziness or what, but uh, if I there are times when I pray, and when you when you pray the word of God, and you talk to God with His word, it 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 is it is something um, different. Than a, I mean, it's not different than regular prayer, but it's pretty powerful. I mean, that's what Jacob's tr trusting in the Word here, in the prayer. 
So this next part is often um, is a heavy piece that um, that people often uh, really try to dig through and understand, um, and it's a portion where some people, you know, say it's Jacob wrestling with God. <coughs> Excuse me. And others um, say it's not God, but that he experiences God there. So verses 22 through 32 in chapter 32 are, are um, it's a popular story. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> Should we, you want to read the whole thing and then dig into it? Yeah, yeah. I can, uh, I can start. Uh, okay, so chapter 32, verse 22. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two maidservants and his eleven sons and crossed the fort of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that it, his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go for his daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called that place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. It's like you're reading along. It's like, and Jacob was going to meet his brother, and Jacob wrestled with a man. It's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like when we're. Uh looking at the genealogy sometime and something's just thrown out there, you, it really lights up and you know it's important, but man, it's out of nowhere. It's, like it's, as, it's as mysterious as Melchizedek just coming from nowhere and meeting Abraham. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, my first thought about it is if Israel has a, a wrestling team in the Olympics, you know, this would be a great uh, motivational verse you know it's like and Jacob wrestled with God you can beat the Russians <laughs> yeah yeah um, so well, I guess the other thing I always think about with this while we're being lighthearted about it, is the whole tendon part. I'm like, do I eat the tendon of any animal? Was, <laughs> maybe back then they, you know, they really utilized every part. And it's it's kind of interesting that, you know, somehow this story, you know, had an impact on the Israelites and they they made a, a point of of doing that. It's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. A way of remembering, um, but what what we have to keep in mind in the context of this story as we're reading and studying is that um, God 
has a name and he gives it to himself in the scriptures. And that's one of them is that he is the God of Jacob. And we're going to see that um, throughout the scriptures. So what that tells us is that these stories that he gives us of Jacob and his life are meant to represent um, characters or the character of God. Um, right. He's yeah. I mean, that's a good point. He's he's revealing himself. I mean, this is all part of God's revealing himself and his plan and our our place in the world and and I mean everything about it through the scriptures and through the lives of these men. So this is a part of that. <clears throat> so, I mean, I guess the big question, you know, first off is, well, who's he wrestling with? My, my subtitle titles here says he's wrestling with God. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably every subtitle, most of the translations. Not that you can trust subtitles. <laughs> um, what are you talking about? The original scripture didn't have that? Yeah. Well, it, it's... No, go ahead. I was going to say, so when I look at this, um, since we're kind of struggling with where to start with it, when I look at it, I see um, what what jumps out to me that seems to be a key is uh, the face God face to face, um, and what the scriptures seem to say about um, seeking the face of God. So I started digging into it, and um, there's a verse in Psalms 24 that says, "Such is the generation." Well, it says uh, Psalms 24:5, "He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior." Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek Your face, O God of Jacob. And I find it interesting that um, you know, the scriptures here talk about seeking the face of God, and God's name here is the God of Jacob. Um, so I started digging into that uh, a little more, and there's another verse uh, in Psalms, in Psalm 27, and it says, um, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, Seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Um, so, you know, seeking the face of the Lord is, a, is also in the scriptures for, you know, seeking his guidance and his will and his direction and his protection and his help. And all of these things that we've seen manifest themselves in Jacob's life. And I know that those words are intentional. Um, and so there's some other verses that talk about it. But then, um, as I dug a little deeper and felt and just really prayed that God would show me some things in it, um, I found some verses that say that God makes his face shine upon us. Um, so when I see the scriptures here, um, you know, talking about seeking his face and that his face can shine upon us. Um, there's this verse I just read in Psalm 67. Um, just a couple other examples. Psalm 83. Restore us, O God, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Um, and he goes on several times in Psalm 80. Restore us, O God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Um, 
Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. And it's in there, you know, three times in, in Psalm 80. Um, and in Isaiah, he, you see kind of the flip side of that. Um, he says, but your iniquities have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So there's this correlation between, you know, God kind of hearing us and, um, but he, when he, when he, when he's restoring us and when he's, um, um, saving us, his face shines upon us. And in this story, Jacob is heading to meet his brother and God is going to answer his prayer and he's going to protect him. And the, when I see this shine upon us, um, I know that it's intentional and it just kind of jumped out at me because in verse 31, it says the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel. And I feel like it was God um, showing him in this moment, however he's wrestling with him, whether he's figuratively and or, or whether he's literally wrestling with God or if he's wrestling with an angel or if he's wrestling with a man that God is using because men do come from nowhere in the scriptures and God uses them and they have a purpose and then they're gone and they're still men. Um, but when I see that, I think of, I know for sure that figuratively he was being restored in this by God. He was being refined. And as he passed Peniel, the sun rose above him because God was shining down on him and he was going to answer this prayer that we see later. Restore us, you know, um, let your face shine upon me, Lord, so that I may be saved. Um, I don't know. Did that make does that make any sense? Yeah, that's is, awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening, and and exactly what you know, seeking the face of God and and him him knowing that uh, he he has seen the face of he he has seen the face of God because God God's word and his his will and his blessing. And uh, even though he's in pain, which we'll talk about, are are now you know they're 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 there with them. And, and you talking about the the light, like um, let your what, what the verses that you quoted, the light shine on you. Oh, the uh, yeah, let your face shine upon us. And then um, you know I, I went through the whole seeking his face and letting it shine upon you. And then you know just one example. There's many of when. Um, the scriptures talk about, you know, when his face is hidden from them, then he doesn't hear and he, you know, um, right. But what's, what's so interesting is if you jump ahead a little bit, when he does see Esau and he knows he's safe, he says, for to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Now that you have received me favorably. Right. And I feel, I feel like that like puts the exclamation mark on it. It's like the envelope's been closed and it's got the seal from God on it. And, and, and Jacob is living it out. You know, he's, he's experienced it personally. And now he's living it out and going, he's praising God in it because he's saying, Esau received him favorably, favorably because God shined down on him and protected him. And so to see Esau in that moment, he recognizes that it's like seeing the face of God. And it's like we're supposed to go in our life and give God the glory when we can see him in those things. And we have to remember when he's saying this, he still has a limp. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, verse 31 in the ESV, which it says the same thing, but I mean, the wording, 
that the sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. So, I mean, literally, you could, you could look at this, like the sun rose upon him. I mean, the light shined on him as he passed this, the face of God, Peniel. That's what, you know, because he saw the face of God. That's why he named it that. So it's like just exactly what you're talking about. You know, the light shining on him as he sees the face of God and he's limping because of his hip. And I mean, so he's going on in pain. I mean, the ESV, uh, the NIV says his hip was wrenched. The, NIV, the ESV says his hip was out of socket. Um, that sounds like a little more painful. <laughs> like I'd rather have my hip wrenched. What about you? <laughs> yeah. It, it, so I'm I mean, sure it, you've had your hip wrenched before, being a riding bareback horses. I thought I broke it one time. It was the scariest time in my life, really, with injuries, because I I knew if I had broken my hip, that it it would have like, or I thought I did something like that. Yeah. Apparently, Columbia Coliseum um, thinks throwing like an inch of dirt on concrete is is a good you know way to pad it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so his his hip put out of joint. Where's the other? Where's the where's out of it? socket? Is that what it says? Out of socket? No, I thought that's what you said. Uh, let me pull my ESV up here. Yeah, the hip because he touched the socket. Oh, wait, um, yeah, the. Okay, when, when the man, yeah, in verse 25, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then when you go down, um, it actually says there what, about the, it says, therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he was touched, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. hip. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it, it, yeah, okay, so uh, it was put out of joint. So that's, that's pretty, that's a, that is a painful thing, man. And Jacob still didn't let go. You know? <clears throat> anyway, I think we got sidetracked. Um, yeah, I think that's good stuff about <clears throat> seeing how it comes to, uh, uh, the you know it's the 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 signature of God on it when when he meets Esau and um, says that he sees it's like seeing the face of God. Yeah, and you know there's a couple of things too here that we can't um, we can't not address um, the changing of his name, um, the fact that it says he struggles with God and men. Um, and it's interesting what J- Jacob's response is in this. Like he wants to be blessed, and so I don't know. Did you, have you wrestled with any of those things and seen anything in it? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of started to see like an overall. Um, I, I tried to to look at this because it's it's so mysterious, um, and I think if we went no further than just looking at what you were looking at and seeking the will of God and and his, his blessing and, um, and how it it comes about. I mean, that's, I mean, I'd rather see that than get lost in mystery and stuff, you know, but the, this other stuff obviously is meant to be seen too. Um, no, but I I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, 
I think that's a good point to make is that there is going to be some mystery to this. And that's that's the uh, the beauty of the scriptures. And um, and God is intentionally mysterious sometimes so that we, you know, like you're saying, as long as we see, not as long as, but one of the main thing is, things is to see the hand of God in this. That's why he is the God of Jacob, because he's he's showing us what he'll do. He will restore us. He will save us. We can seek him. Um, but I, I don't want to not... We also know, and we try to share on the podcast and in our lives, that we're not going to run from any scripture um, because it's a little uncomfortable or we can't understand it. Because we have to keep in mind that God reveals any scripture to us and we only understand it because he gives us the faith and understanding to do so. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so we... Uh, we wrestle with it, and <laughs> nice. sometimes it takes time. And, and you know, I, I looked at this, and I, I wanted to look at it from Jacob. Like, what? Where's Jacob in this? And and he's, uh, I mean, this dude is fearing for his life. He's uh, this blessing is is not. Do I get to keep my sheep? It's are my wives and children going to be butchered along with me? I mean, so so the. The, the stress level, the um, the moment in his life, maybe maybe this is the low point. You know, I mean, the, I, I can imagine being in this totally vulnerable moment, and he has to he has to talk to God. I mean, he if God's not with him, then the godless one, which is what Hebrews calls Esau, is going to butcher him, his brother. Um, so he, you know, I kind of see this this back it up from God's perspective picture of that in Hosea it says uh, in chapter 12 verse 12 it says Jacob fled the country of Aram Israel served to get a wife and to pay for her he tended sheep okay so he's a shepherd he, he paid for his wife by tending sheep uh, so th- this wife that he paid for by tending sheep and his children and his other wives, he sends ahead across the river into the darkness. And they're wandering in the darkness while he stays back, because, not because he's afraid, but because he has, to, he has to talk to God. So he's going there for his quiet time. Um, I don't know what happens to your quiet time, but usually this doesn't happen to me. Uh, he, it's nighttime. His wife, his bride, brides, his bride and his children are wandering in the dark, um, <clears throat> and a very mysterious thing happens. A man wrestles with him, and you know we know that the Lord calls Himself the Lord in the Scripture when He wants to. You know what I mean? Like this didn't get lost. We know that it it, it says an angel when He wants it to, and we know that um, it says a prophet. When, when he wants it to be a prophet. But this is a man. And ESV says a man too. So that I think there's supposed to be mystery here. I think this is almost like there's there's uh, knowledge, there's things to be seen in the lack of details, like there's things to be seen in the lack of details of Melchizedek. Like that's a part of the explanation. Um, and we know that this is God representing God because only God has the authority to ordain and anoint him as Israel. No man has that authority. 
right? Right. Um, so, and there's other wording in it about like when the man saw that he did not prevail uh, wrestling him. So then he, I mean, all the dude had to do was touch his hip and he put it out of socket. So, I mean, he, he could have, if, if God is going to have Israel prevail uh, in a, like if, 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 if God is not going to prevail, it's going to be according to the will of God. No man prevails over God. No man is going to hold God to the ground. You, you know what I mean? Like, if God is going to humble, humble himself to, um, for a blessing to come to his chosen children by, uh, physically being detained it's going to be according to his will and he's going to hand himself over so I mean is that start you're starting to sound familiar right I mean it's like it's almost like Christ and you know what he did to bring the blessings to the Gentiles and the fulfillment of his promises to Jacob and Isaac and Abraham <clears throat> but I guess my my point <clears throat> is is that um, there is there's a lot of mystery here, but I I, I see a, a a bit of a image of of what Christ is going to do in the future, and and I'm not placing Jacob as as the the wicked man, but I'm, I'm looking at it like. Uh, almost, almost like you know. Well, Abraham and Isaac was a picture of what was was to come, but it it wasn't a picture like, oh, look, Abraham represents the Pharisees. It was just like this is this is what's going to take place. You know what I mean? It was a piece. Yeah, a piece. A, sh- and, a piece of the shadow. Right, and, and and Jacob is going to be named Israel, which we know that the true Israel. Uh, according to Hebrews and, and Romans, um, that the true Israel are the are the children of faith. Like there's the there's the 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 earthly Israel that that makes up the nation, but but the ones that God's going to consider Israel. I mean, because that name embodies the covenants given to Jacob. Like, if you're outside of the covenants, like Esau is godless. He's not he's not going to be Israel. Because the Israel is more than just a nation; it's covenant. It's covenantal, um, and that and in that covenant is life, because it's 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 based off of the grace that Christ gives and the eternal life. So he he's receives the name Israel, um, and he receives it in pain. I mean, the dude is is just striving and struggling, and he's in pain. And his hip is wrenched, and he's not going to let go of of God, and and um, and he's obviously scared because a- after it, he's like, "Holy crap! I saw God face to face, and I didn't die." You know what I mean? So he's not like thinking, "I've got this. I've got right. this." He's yeah. like, "This is it, man. This." Is it. And I mean, I mean, you could take it and be like, in a way, this is almost like what Job went through. You know, the, this this picture of 
of just extreme pain and and just um, holding on to to the truths of God, no matter what, and holding on to the word of you know the God's faithfulness and knowing that He's going to um, come through on His word and His blessing. That's why He's holding on. I mean, He He knows that God said, "I'll make your descendants like the sand of the sea." I mean, He's He's holding on to it and. And I, I don't mean to be like, you know, you go grab that blessing. I, I hate that message that I've seen done through this. This is this is a a story of a man's struggle and and God saving him at the same time, you know. Yeah, and it's it's like victory was found in in a humility and a fear of God, not in a hey, I wrestled and I pinned this pinned him, you know. It's, right. It, it's interesting too, like that word prevail. I know that um, when I was looking at it, there's a verse, and I'm not saying that this directly correlates, but the language is interesting. In, in Jeremiah, when God said, he says in Jeremiah 5:22, Should you not fear me, declares the Lord? Should you not tremble in my presence? I made the sand a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say to themselves, Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. Um, and it's interesting, when we, when we see these moments where men need to fear God, you know, God reminds us of his, his great power. And then he also does it through showing us um, in a big way, the little things that he uses to control things that seem mighty to us. So it's interesting that the sand is used because you think of like, you know, when I always think of that sand, when God says, you know, it's as numerous as the sand, you know, it's like uh, on the seashore, the seashore is holding back a roaring ocean that seems so much more powerful than, a, than some sand. Yet the sand holds it back because that's the way God wanted it to be. The sand doesn't prevail. And so it's like in this instance, um, the person wrestling with him doesn't prevail, like you were saying, because God wills it that way. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of interesting. And for some reason, I just keep thinking of Israel as a nation with the whole hip socket thing. Um, I don't know why that just keeps kind of tumbling around in my head, you know, and that there's some struggles that are going to occur. Um, but anyways... Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, I think that's a good point because I mean, he's going to leave this place with, as Israel. He wa he came into this place as Jacob, the one of the covenants. He's going to leave this place as Israel, and he's going to walk towards his bride, who's in, who who went ahead into the darkness. Um, and as the sun rises, he's going to he's going to be limping in excruciating pain as Israel. And I don't know much about um, hip. Your, your your hip being put out of joint but I can imagine uh, it probably hurt for a long time and you would that probably be an injury that you would always have I mean I've I've had much less injuries that still hurt um, what do you think you think you would probably limp from that I mean I know we're getting speculation but th there's just a good chance that that he limped for a while it, it you know what I mean like okay I've got the blessing and he's in severe pain. It's almost like Paul having the uh, thorn in his flesh, and 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 God, 
Paul said that Jesus, you know, he said, your grace is sufficient, or my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. So yeah, like, no, I imagine it, it, it hurt for a while. Um, I would say that the other thing about it is uh, when I, yeah, um, what was it? I was just reading it. Hip was out of sight. Oh, yeah. Um, it, there's like a, if I remember correctly from anatomy, you know, once it goes below the the neck, I kind of have forgotten all of it, but I'm I'm pretty sure that there is a um, tendon. Well, tendon is usually muscle to bone and ligaments bone to bone, I believe. But there's like this uh, this fibrous tissue that runs from, you know, you think of the, the socket of a hip and it's a ball, it's a ball and joint. Um, which is interesting because we think we came up with that, but we just stole it from God because mm. um, he gave it to us. But the, the ball is in this, you know, housing in the hip and it rotates in it, but there's like a fibrous tissue that keeps that ball against the, the inside of that hip. And for that to be torn, even just the image of it is not pretty. <laughs> so, ah, you know, it's just hard to even think about. <laughs> it's also interesting. Like he's, the whole, I just thought of it, but uh, not to throw us off track, but the whole shining down on him thing too, it's like this ends at daybreak. It's like, as the light comes forth, like the man is saying, you know, let, let's, let's stop this because daybreak has come. Um, and it just reminds me, there's just so many things, but I, I think uh, it reminds me of like a, in a weird way, like the sunrise service on Easter, you know, just that we look for that sunrise to, to show a new day and a, and a restoration and, and all of those things. But um, I love what you said about the bride going ahead and him being named Israel. And I think, in fact, I'm 99% sure and probably you'll know that this is the first time in Scripture that the name Israel is given. Yeah, 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 that's a good thing to point out. This is, uh, this is the anointing of Israel. Um, and... Israel goes out, and, and much much like what will be the history of Israel for the next, you know, so many thousands of years, and even to this day, they're they're going to be it's going to be a struggle, you know. I mean, it's it, it, and I mean the I mean the the story of Israel is 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 absolutely a struggle, and I, I think that's why Jacob, in his, you know, as a picture of what's to come. Um, his his pains, you know, start and and I mean, uh, they're called birth pains in in a lot of the prophets and and Jesus calls you know the, the struggles of the the you know birth pains of uh, because it's it's gonna it's gonna eventually come about to uh, you know the coming of the Savior, um, but yeah. Uh, I I saw something else in this too. Uh, I'm not really sure how to tie it all up, but just the fact that the the word of God is taking place here. I mean, does that make sense? Like this is uh this is the word of God being uh, brought to being brought forth the man naming Jacob Israel 
um, this taking place. It's in the Bible right here. We're reading it. It was it was in a moment in time and space. Um, now we get to read it as the Word of God. Um, you know, it was it was happening. It, it took place, and when when I see the imagery of of the bride going forward into the darkness, and, and daylight is coming, and there's this great struggle. And there's a, a man there that is repre- he's just called a man, but he's he's we, we see him as God because God is is working through him and he's struggling with Israel who's grasping him and won't let go for the blessing. And the man sees the you know the daylight coming. Um, so he he severely wounds Jacob. Um, and blesses him, and 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 so Jacob goes on in in even more humility and pain, going forward, and having the the, the word of God running through his head and coming out of his mouth to Esau, I see your face like the face of God, and um and, and really this is about I mean Jacob Jacob uh, gets the you know I mean we look at his life and I'm rambling I know I, I just I looked at this for a while he. He, uh, he he serves for Rachel. He has a hard life, man. He just wants to take his family home and rest. I mean, do you agree? Like, he just wants to go and find a place of his own. And, I mean, he wants to leave Laban so he can go home. And, yeah. I mean, so he's he's entering the promised land, and we know that that has some imagery of, of entering God's rest. And I'm going to get to the point real quick. I want to go to Hebrews really quick, chapter 4. Um, in chapter 4, and I'll just run it over really quick, and I, I, I'm going to see if this looks like anything. Uh, the, the Chapter 4 in Hebrews is all about the uh, how entering the ret Entering the land when they came out of Egypt was was a picture of entering God's rest, mm-hmm. and how they were disobedient, and some of them couldn't enter that rest. Uh, but we're still called. We still hear His voice about entering entering the rest. Um, and if when you go down, uh, it says in verse nine, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall uh, by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Uh, all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So I don't remember if I was looking at this in the ESV, but the joints and marrow there, would that be like separating the the bone and the socket there? Well, marrow is the is what runs, you know... Um, Inside the bone? Right, but the joints themselves, um, definitely... So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if there's a connection there, but I see it, it's about entering rest, 
and I think the ESV says to strive, make every effort, and then, you know, like, it just, that's been such a strange scripture. I've never made, it's, you know, I've never been able to really place about the, the joints and marrow, but then it's like, this is the first place in scripture I've actually seen joints and, and you know, somewhat marrow being separated, but I guess that's kind of sidetracked. No, um, actually, it's interesting that you share that because before we started this morning, I was trying to find that verse because I was like, there's, it's intentional and it's, uh, Oh, you, you, you thought of that? Yeah. The joints and marrow and I didn't find it because I searched for bone. I was, I thought it said bone and, and marrow or bone and joints. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, in the sense of, like, God um, and his word penetrating. Um, you know, it's just... And, I mean, that's what what's happening here. I mean, you know, God's word is, is penetrating lives. It's penetrating, you know, the, the plan. I mean, I guess what, what really brought that... In the ESV, it starts out, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. And I was just thinking about Jacob striving here. I mean, he's striving to enter the rest physically uh, for the blessing. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, the, the joint and marrow. But, I mean, you know, sometimes you see stuff like that and it, it, it jumps out and, you know, later on it comes to make more sense, put it in the back of your mind, but... I was trying to see when, um, you know, when after Jacob, <clears throat> you know, he ends up going to Egypt um, because of jo- the story of Joseph. And um, <clears throat> yeah, well, the- we get to it's like he he comes to a moment of somewhat like rest or peace in the sense that he's able to bless his sons, and God is God gives him, um, you know he he he's able to prophesy about his children, um, which is just an interesting picture, and I think it actually even says something about does it say something somewhere about him leaning on his staff when he does this in chapter forty nine or oh it says in Hebrews. I'll go to it really quick. Because I never made the connection before, but if there, if it says something about him leaning on his staff when he does it, it's kind of interesting that he talks about what he gives God when he makes that prayer that we, we started with. He says, um, I am unworthy of, um, of all kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Oh, nice. Yeah. But now he's, it's like he, he comes at rest because he's willing to give these gifts to his brother. And, and um, I think you're right on in that he wants to be with his family. Um, he's wanted Rachel, you know, he's wanted that from the beginning. Um, and then he has this life of thinking his, his second to youngest son has, has died and, um, and they go through the famine and all this. But then in the end, he's able to bless his children. It's, just, it's interesting. 
Yeah. Did you find the verse? Yeah, it's in it's in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty one. It says, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. So oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> and then it goes on, it says, By by faith Joseph uh okay, no, that's Joseph. Right. So he, yeah, it is awesome. He um I never tied that together with he says I I had only my staff. And and it's like this this mass this this journey of his you know this pilgrimage comes full circle and and he's got you know all these sons and you know he just praises God it's just pretty and they become you know they become the, the twelve tribes right <clears throat> or the patriarchs twelve patriarchs yeah and I mean and and his and he. You know, I mean, obviously it's the lineage of Christ through Judah, and, and I mean, he 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 gives a a prophetic blessing to them. That's really really awesome too. Uh, apparently, in that moment, um, do you want to look at that? Yeah, let's let's just. Uh... I mean that that would kind of uh, culminate the story of Jacob. I don't I don't think we should do it separately. Yeah. So. So we you know we we've gone. I mean he he's had this. I mean from the point of the wrestling. I mean he, he goes on with the blessing and Rachel dies. Joseph appears to be you know killed, but really it's it's even worse. His sons. You know we're going to murder him and sold him, and, and I mean, and then the famine. I mean, so it's like I mean, the the whole rest of this guy's life is just brutal. I mean, it's it's a hard life, but just like you said, it comes around to where Joseph. I mean, and, and whoever's listening, please go read the story of Joseph. It's really awesome. Um, and I mean, he 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 finally he, you know he knows Joseph's alive. He finds out Joseph's alive. He goes to Egypt. Uh, turns out God was using Joseph the whole time so that he could bring Israel into Egypt and protect them during the famine. Um, and then towards, in chapter 49 is where the blessings are. Um, verse 1, it says, Then Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. And so Jacob is not only a patriarch, but he is a prophet as well. Yes, and there's um, there's scripture that says that um, you know that he's the God of the living, and he uses Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and then he says and other prophets. Um, oh, okay. You know, um, I know you're going to get into a little more, but I, I think it's interesting that Jacob is, uh, he's found this peace. Like, I really get a sense of peace in it. Like, I'm hoping I'm not trying to see that because, like, it's like Joseph comes to this realization that what, what he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And he finds this understanding. And I'm sure that had a, a, um, just an amazing, uh, effect on his father Jacob. Um, yeah, and even to apply it to our own lives, it's like 
life is, is a complete struggle and pain. And, and we see that in Jacob's life. But it was all meant for the glory of God. Right. And it ends up in more happiness uh, for the individual because they're able to glorify God in their heart, which is more joy than any physical blessings or physical um, uh, peace and ease. You know, I'm, you know what I mean? Not that you would ever want to go through suffering. Right. But, but it, it, it's clear all throughout the Bible that God's glorified in it. But how hard is it to go through it when you're in the middle of it and to remember that? But, I mean, Jacob seems to, you know, still hold on to the Word of God through it. Yeah, and what's so cool is he talks about being gathered to his people um, when he's about to die. And it's like he, he, has, he's, he understands he's about to die, and he tells his sons to bury him with Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca, and where Leah is already buried, um, that he bought from the Hittites. But he's, he's being gathered to his people. And then he draws his feet up in the bed and breathes his last and was gathered to his people. I mean, it's, it's kind of a beautiful scene, you know? Yeah. It's like he just, he's like, he's got his staff. He gets off of leaning on it, draws his feet up. And breathes his last breath. Like, regardless of uh, not wanting my faith tested as much as his was, um, if I can go that way, that would be nice. You know, give your family your last thoughts and just pull your feet up and go to sleep. And next thing you know, you're in the presence of the Lord. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing when you consider his entire life. Um, but I mean, I think that gets back to what we were talking about in the beginning. We can easily take a piece and, and ridicule and take it out of context and, and point our finger at the character and say, look what he did here and look how God. But when you, when you step back and consider the story, I think that's what God wants us to do when he says the God of Jacob. You know, it's, it's much more deeper than um, taking a few words out of it as if you're reading them like you wrote them, you know? I don't know if it makes any sense, but... Yeah, it's, 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 you know, when he says the God of Jacob, I think it's more about what God did with Jacob than what Jacob did while God was doing it. I mean, it has to do with yeah. both. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you talk about the gathered to his people. Um, that, that is a beautiful uh, verse there because it, it tells us that Jacob knew about God's salvation, he he was he. I mean, when he said that, that was like him knowing that we're gonna we're gonna be in the presence of Christ because of His grace. Because you know, it it it, it does look like it's a physical gathering of a body, but uh, when Moses, it says that Moses was gathered to his people, but yet nobody ever found his body. So it couldn't have meant that he was buried in a tomb with the rest of his people. It meant you know when when I, I believe when Jacob says that. He's talking about eternal life. He's going home. Yep. Okay, it's time for me to go home. It's uh, it, and then Jesus verifies that by saying, "Many will gather at the feast with J Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." It's like, man, G you know, Jesus. We, we see Jacob after this struggle, being uh, being, uh, you know, Jesus uses him to show that he's he's resting now. Yeah. 
that's cool. I, you know, I mean, I know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, kind of to add on to that, what, what we see it in in Hebrews eleven when we were before. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. This is Abraham is talking about. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He that promise is the promise that was given. But God revealed it to them that what he was talking about was Christ. You know? And so he was looking forward to eternal life with God. But, you know, and it's it's just, uh, it's really pretty. It's really, really beautiful to see. And, and you know, he gets to end his life um, by prophesying to his children, by, by passing the word of God on to his children. And... and and when he speaks the blessing over them. And, and I think that we're, I, I think it's really, we're, we're, things are, are starting to wrap up nicely. And um, I don't want to break that by going into every one of the blessings, but I would like to just look at Judah's blessing because I believe it, it was um, Jacob getting to give the gospel to his children and for them to pass it on. And, yeah, no, yeah, that, that'd be great. Um, th- as you go into that, it's neat that verse in Hebrews eleven twenty one where it says that he blessed, you know, as he was dying, he blessed each of his sons. Mm-hmm. Um, it says he worshipped as he laid on the top of his staff. So okay. it's it that's that's great. Yeah. So Judah. <clears throat> um. And, and I believe the stuff that he says here is a part of worship. His worship too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so in forty nine verse eight, and I mean, I, I that everything he says, like as much depth of, as that we see in what he says about Judah, he nails it with the rest of his sons as well that you can find in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and starting in verse eight it says Judah, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robe in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. It's, it's, it's uh, just awesome. His, so, did you uh, have any thoughts about that? No, no, go ahead. Um, well, he, uh, First of all, your brothers will praise you. Um, well, th- this is the this is the pray. This isn't to Judah himself. Like Judah may have gone the rest of his life and not have been praised by his brothers, and this was fulfilled when Christ came, because Christ was of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He was the son of David. Um, Christ conquered his enemies, death and the grave. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. The keys of 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 uh, death were given to him. Uh, your father's sons 
will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. Well, how he's a lion's cub. Who's the lion? Is is Jacob calling himself a lion? You know, but Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So, this is almost as mysterious as this is as mysterious as uh, Jesus saying, you know, whose son is the Messiah? You know, son of David. And then he says, well, how is it that he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my, you know, right hand or hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Well, well, Judah's a child of Christ, but yet Christ is to come. Does that make any sense? That's why he's a, Judah himself is a lion's cub. Yeah. Um, and then it goes on to talk about the scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Well, that, that's, that's the coming of, of the kings through Judah, and it, it won't depart until it comes to whom it belongs, which is Christ, which is Jesus who came, um, and the obedience of the nations is his, which uh, he has the obedience of all of his followers in all the nations, but then this will also come to a crescendo with, with um, obviously the final revealing. And uh, he will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch, which just, you know, I don't even really have an explanation for that other than I just think of Christ riding in on donkey um, into what Isaiah calls the vineyard Israel. Um, and and we, we know that he washes his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes, Christ giving the wine, saying, this is my blood, drink it. It's poured out, you know, for the, the washing away of their sins. I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, Jacob's laying out the gospel to his sons, and it, it comes true. Yeah, I mean, he's laying it out to them, and to the nation of Israel, uh, then and now, and to us. It's powerful. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. I, I um... I, I really, uh, I'm really thankful that God has has shown us, um, shown us some depth in this, and I know that there's so much more, but it is, it is, um, it's it's just wonderful and encouraging, and uh, I've enjoyed digging into uh, to Jacob some. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a powerful story of his life. Been, it's been cool looking at it. Um, all right, well, I'll, uh, I'll close this. Lord, thank you for your scriptures. Um, I thank you for um, the friendship that you've given me with Kenny and for the opportunity that we have to study your scriptures together. I just I leave so encouraged every time and just want to jump into the next thing and, and kind of never stop doing it. 
And um, I pray, Lord, that we would fear you, um, as we've seen that we should. Um, Lord, I thank you that you are fierce and majestic um, and graceful, and that we do one day get to enter your rest fully for eternity. And though I can say that, Lord, I know that I don't fully grasp it. I pray, Lord, that as we continue in our lives, and I pray for those who may stumble upon this podcast, or and our friends and our believers and our non-believers, that we would seek your face and that we would see it um, throughout our day and the things that we know come from you. Lord, I pray that we would remember that um, what was meant for evil, you will use for good. Um, and that is a is just a direct, um, just a direct foreshadowing of Christ, and that men meant for evil to destroy him, yet it was your will, and it's for the greater and amazing good that will come um, through glory, showing your glory in it. And I thank you that we know that. I pray, Lord, that our children will know that. And uh, we thank you that we are your children. And we thank you for Jacob's life and for what you have given and shown for us. Um, it's a neat thought to think that we could sit at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob one day. And even it's Rachel and Leah and, and all of these, these characters, Lord, um, that ultimately just show your character. So thank you, Lord. Um, thank you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.